fasting in 2015. Next Sunday, we begin a Daniel fast. It's a 21-day fast. And some folk are totally unfamiliar with that concept. I would encourage you to please get the materials in the lobby. There are materials for you. There are also free materials you can download uh, from our website and explain a lot about fasting and why it's a biblical principle. And basically, on a Daniel fast, it sums up in a simple concept, no sweets, no meats. For 21 days, you don't do anything with those kinds of products that are dessert-oriented or meat-oriented, and you work your way through vegetables and fruits and nuts and grains, whole grains, things that are healthy for you, and that God will use to bless your life as you draw closer to Him. Father, we're about to enter a new year, and our desire is to make it the year of destiny for Calvary Christian Center. So we submit to repentance, to fasting, and praying for breakthrough. We will live in victory this new year. It's your will that we have victory, not defeat. And so we thank you for guiding our steps as we enter a new year. There'll be hills and valleys. There'll be places we've never seen before, or places we're going to go we've never dreamed about. Yet you're going to be with us, and we thank you. We anticipate it with great passion and excitement. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in order for breakthrough in the new year, we need a clean slate. A lot of people make New Year's resolutions. They try to do a a start over or a redo. But we need to rearrange our lives and seek God. How do we do that best? Through prayer and fasting. Perhaps you've never fasted before. Perhaps this is a strange concept for you. Do not be intimidated You've never participated in anything like this before, and you doubt you even have the power to fast. Well, you're in the right church because you can fast and pray. Everybody can fast and pray. And God will meet you when you fast and pray. It's an unusual thing to be called aside and apart to the Lord for the purpose of fasting and praying. And my passage today is the story of a man whose son was tormented and possessed by the powers of Satan. And the word records it this way. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, that's Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Something was missing in the walk of the disciples with Jesus. Even though they loved Jesus, they were with Jesus, they were disciples of Jesus, something was missing. And every now and then, you have to take inventory of your spirit and your walk with the Lord and ask yourself, am I just going through the ritual and routine of coming to church services? Is there something missing in my life? Have you ever felt like something was missing You love the Lord. You're serving Jesus. It's not a question of that, but something is missing. The intimacy, the passion, the love, the closeness, the desire for God, hearing his voice, it's missing. So notice Jesus' response. It's pretty sharp. Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse 
generation. Wow. Notice those definitions. Jesus' assessment of what, is, what was going on and not going on. Jesus said, you couldn't handle rebuking the demon in this boy for a couple of reasons. And here's the issue. My disciples, my spiritual apprentices have two problems. Even though they're my disciples, first, they are faithless. Secondly, they become perverse. Now, it's possible for disciples, for people who love Jesus, to become faithless and perverse. And what does that mean? Well, perverse here means off track, missing the mark, to the point of sinning, thinking that is not in line with God's word, okay, and being held in the bondage of thinking that is not aligned with the ways of the master. Jesus said, they are unbelieving, they are faithless, unbelieving believers. (laughs) What a contrast unbelieving believers. They are disconnected from me. And he said they have become doubters. They're not connected enough. They're not connected enough with my word and my ways. They're not connected through the power of the Holy Spirit. They're not connected in worship. They knew the routine, but it was not connecting with him. So he says they're faithless. They didn't have faith They didn't have the ability to deal with the battles and the issues that that man and his son were facing. And not only were they faithless, he said, I've discovered them to be twisted away on their own paths. Not just disconnected from Jesus, but just too connected with their own culture. So there was a dual problem with the disciples that they were facing. And even though they were Jesus' disciples and they were chosen by him, They were faithless and off-center in their walk with him, too connected to the culture. So Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Okay. Now the enemy was pulling them away from God, and Jesus identified the issues with them being powerless in the face of, of a devil. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now watch what happened after the demon was expelled. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Why didn't we have the power to expel the demon? Here comes Jesus again. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. He said, you're my disciples, but you're not believing me for great things. Are you believing Jesus for a mighty year? 2015, are you believing Jesus to bless you, to keep you, to raise you up, to anoint you, to give you dreams beyond anything you've ever imagined? Jesus told his disciples, you become unbelieving believers. You're going through the routines, and I'm not pleased with that. And you're tracking in your own directions, and you're not submitted to my ways and my word. 
you're plugging into the wrong thoughts and that disconnects you from my plans. So he said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. See, his ways are different and higher than ours. So then Jesus makes this powerful statement and here's what's so great about our Lord. He doesn't just tell them what the problem is and leave them there. He reveals the solution. So if you feel disconnected from God, you love him, and you really want to draw closer to him, you need breakthrough in 2015. How many need that? And if you were to tell the truth, you admit you're too connected to some things in the world. You're drifting back to leaning on your own understanding and into those ways that seem right to you. When you were born again, the change began. But over time, you've drifted slowly back to your old thinking. You're not adopting his word into your DNA. This happens to everybody. You find yourself disconnecting from God in prayer, in the word, in worship, in seeking God, in all your ways acknowledging him, even church. That becomes hit or miss. Then what happens, you begin to reconnect to old thinking patterns. And Jesus said, this is what you do about it. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So you have to comprehend this today. The problem is rooted in unbelief and thinking not according to his will. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the answer Jesus gives is prayer and his word and fasting. And if you're looking for your breakthrough, listen, when you pray, prayer is connecting with God. When you fast, fasting is disconnecting from the world. Ah. So the solution is prayer and fasting. The problem, disconnected through unbelief and self-centered thinking. So we all have to turn this issue around. We begin to pray and fast together. Praying reconnects us to God. Fasting unplugs us from the world. So if I gave you no other reason to fast than these two reasons, that for 21 days you Daniel fasted, you are connecting back to God and unplugging from the world. Things that pull your heart and your soul away. So now you can tap back into the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You get word-centered again. Decisions you make are now word-directed. And that's worth the 21-day fast. This kind does not go except through prayer and fasting. Fasting unplugs us from the world. And fasting's become a pillar for us now at Calvary Christian Center. We begin every new year fasting. And we began to rediscover fasting, a biblical principle that Jesus talked about almost all his ministry, several years ago when Donna contracted breast cancer. And I called our church to a 21-day Daniel fast for Donna, and I preached my very first message on fasting to you. And we fasted and we prayed together, and a miracle began in her body. And today UC Davis requests her to come to meetings to encourage others who face breast cancer. A three-centimeter tumor 
shrunk over those 21 days. An aggressive, quote, unquote, aggressive form of cancer. That tumor that was, that was three centimeters shrunk to 0.5 centimeters by the time they removed it. And they watched, doctors watched an aggressive cancerous tumor shrink. They were astonished. And we told the doctors why. This is what our church is doing. We're, we're on a 21-day Daniel fast. And then after that fast, we took a Wednesday night, and people began to share their miracle breakthroughs after 21 days of fasting and praying. And wow, all those miracles came out of 21 days of fasting and praying. Because circumstances change through fasting and prayer. I've seen it firsthand. This happens to a congregation when we begin to fast and pray. Miracles happen. We're looking at major decisions in 2015. We need in our leadership the wisdom of the Lord. We need a breakthrough so we can see where we need to go in 2015. So some think it's just coincidences that miracles happen when we fast and pray. No, when you begin digging in and fasting and praying, coincidences happen. Miraculous things happen when our church fasts, when we individually fast and pray. So we're not just fasting and praying about what we can get from God. When we fast and pray, it pleases God because we express an attitude of worship and gratitude. Fasting is about coming into the presence of God with pure heart, saying, we long for you. We're showing you our sincerity. Uh, Those requests that we have, listen, we're pushing ourselves away from the things of the culture and of the flesh, and we're placing our requests before you, knowing that you alone can help us. This is a season when we rearrange our eating patterns for 21 days seeking God with all of our hearts, minds, and spirits. Fasting and holiness go hand in hand. When you fast, you're saying to God, you desire to separate yourself from the clutches and the lusts of the world. And you're saying, Holy Spirit, clean me up. I'm purifying myself. I'm coming before you. Give me a clean slate. Let me begin fresh. Tear out the old man. Tear out any evil in me any iniquity in me, any area where I've compromised. Holy Spirit, anything that you want gone, it will go. Anything that's grieving you, check me, convict me, clean me, anoint me, use me. That's what fasting is about. When it feels like the heavens are shut up and your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, when the clock is ticking and you don't know what to do, you're, you're running out of time, and you have to have an answer. That's when it's time to get serious and fast and pray. And Jesus tied the Lord's Prayer, we now call the disciples' prayer, to fasting. It's all in the same context, the very same chapter. Jesus, in response to his disciples' request to learn to pray, he teaches them how to pray, And when he's finished with that, then he goes right into when you fast. So in Matthew 6, he says, in this manner, therefore pray. Our Father, chart in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Most of us can recite it from memory. But then you get down to verse 16 after that passage. And then Jesus says, moreover, when you fast. 
And Jesus expects his church to not only pray using that model for prayer, but grab hold of God through prayer, adding fasting. It's all in the same context. Jesus didn't say, if you fast, he said, when you fast. Hmm. So I fully expect my disciples to seek me in serious prayer and fasting. So when you understand that, you see that he waits for you to seek him. Your heavenly father doesn't answer your prayers just because you've modified your food diet. But fasting communicates your need and dependency upon the Lord. It's humbling yourself. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the dependent ones, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So fasting demonstrates your trust that God will provide for all your needs. You're saying, Father, I'm fasting as an expression of my dependency on you. I'm saying to you in 2015, I am depending on you. I cannot do this without you. And you're saying to the Father, with my body in subjection, I'm dependent upon you. I'm desperate for you. I'm fully depending on you in 2015 to give me the help, the direction, the finances, the wisdom, the favor, the blessing, all the right steps, all I will need. I am desperately depending on you. That's our expression with this fast. I'm not making God do anything. (laughs) But I am saying, God, I am depending on you. I need you. In my home, in my church, in my family, in my career, in my health, in my walk, I need you this coming year. So fasting is giving up to get. Fasting is saying, I am willing. And it's not outrageous to consider fasting for a spiritual purpose. It's not wrong for a person to fast so that they come back alive spiritually. It's not unreasonable to fast to keep your walk with God your first priority. If people can adjust their diets to bring down their cholesterol levels or their blood sugar levels, how about fasting for a spiritual makeover? Amen? You protect your spiritual life when you fast and pray. And you say, this is an interruption from the norms of my life for the next 21 days. So what does that mean? Don't go on Facebook, right? Don't go on a Daniel fast and spend hours on Facebook and watch junk on television or in the movie theaters, unending. Don't be doing that. You missed the whole point. Fasting certain foods as the Daniel fast requires, certainly. But for some, you might be addicted to something other than meats and sweets. It might be certain media matters that you need to fast from. To clean out the garbage, to take the junk out of your life, to get a clean slate. Fasting is unplugging from the culture that's so worldly all around us. And you begin reading God's word again. Read a book that will bring you spiritual edification. Tune out the cultural media and plug into anointed worship. Turn off the junk that's playing in your headset. Revisit some of the messages that I've preached. Feed your spirit man. 
Spend quality time with God. That's when the presence of the Holy Spirit will manifest. Get alone with the Holy Spirit and talk to him. Talk to him about your fears. Talk to him about your needs. Talk to him about your desire to overcome a besetting sin. Talk to him about your children. Seek his face. And what are you doing? You're communing with God. And while fasting at the same time as you pray, you're disconnecting from the world. And suddenly the anointing, suddenly the favor of God, and most importantly, the presence of God begins to find you wherever you are. And you'll have episodes with the Holy Spirit in places you never thought you would ever, ever see him manifest. You'll experience the mighty rushing wind of the Holy Spirit wash over you, body, soul, and spirit. You'll have an anointing of the Holy Spirit, and you'll hear his whispering words saying, I'm here. I'm here to bless your children. I'm here to take control of that condition. I have a plan for you. I have a destiny for you. I have a calling for you. My hand is upon you. See, it's coming to your life if you'll fast and pray in 2015, if you're hungry for him, because nothing satisfies like the living bread and the living water. Nothing. One of the results of fasting, you refocus on eternal matters. So much of our life today is all about school, sports, practices, the temporal, so many distractions. What fasting does, it says, that is not all of my life. You are all of my life. It sends that message to God. It refocuses you on things that have eternal value. When you're fasting, things that have been blurred now are refocused on the eternal. The fear of God returns. What does that mean? Well, you realize the coming of Jesus could be at any moment. That there's going to be an accounting day. You're going to think more about heaven. You're also going to realize there is a hell. And you think of your lineage and you think of, your, of the need for the church to be focused on reaching the lost and touching our community. And if your whole household fasts, you reconnect with God together. Because we're living in a world where everyone is doing his or her own thing in pockets all over the house. So some might need to fast from certain social media, certain internet sites, certain special television programs. What would happen if whole families reconnected to God while fasting? So that in your homes, you start reading the word together, children lead in prayer, and you have moments when the Holy Spirit manifests in your home, right in your home. And one of the greatest results of fasting, the atmospheric presence of God. You'll experience that in your home. We have services here at Calvary where we literally sense the presence of God in the atmosphere. And it will get that way over the next several weeks here in our services at Calvary Christian Center. Every week, it will intensify as people fast and pray. The atmospheric presence of your life will change because you become connected again to God and unplugged from the world. And not that everything is so evil, but when your life gets cluttered with the media of today, television program, movies, social media, it, it comes 
cluttered with all kinds of things. You begin to pull back, and then you begin to unplug from some of that constant flow of stimuli. Spend that time in the Word, in a book with values, listening to worshipful music. Whatever gets into your spirit gets you refocused on God. Hook into that. Because we need to be back locked on with God starting a new year. And what happens while you're fasting is there are some things I just don't care to be around because my spirit becomes sensitized, especially when I'm fasting and I sense contamination trying to get in. So I give this 21 days, this beginning of a new year to God. I begin a new year placing God first in my life. Even while you're sitting there eating, open the word, listen to worship music, Plan it out so that you maximize the time that you have and focus on the Lord. Now, don't get caught up in, in a legalistic approach to fasting. Some people make that mistake. It's not about the intricacies of the food that you're eating. It's about the posture of your heart. You know, some people, you'll still hear them, no doubt, we'll hear them again this year. They start fussing about, well, can I eat honey? You can't eat honey. You're not supposed to eat honey. Would you please just let the Holy Spirit lead you? (laughs) Honey's from a flower. Okay? So if the Holy Spirit convicts you about honey, then so be it. If he doesn't, then so be it. And you might learn a trick or two some people have shared while they're fasting. Like, you know, I figured out when I get a little extra hungry... I chew on some sugarless gum, and it helps me a little bit. It helps me get through that spell. It's not about the food. So quit obsessing. Some people, you know, it's, they're checking every little box. And so, don't focus on the food. Focus on the God you're longing to connect with and the destiny he has for you in 2015. When you do that, you reap the benefits of the fast. Satan loves it when you get so preoccupied. I'm going to take this out of my diet, and I'm... This, this ingredient can't go into this, and can I? Is this okay? And I'm, don't let your mind get so preoccupied with everything about what you're consuming that you're missing the point of connecting to the Lord. Let me explain it. You are body, soul, and spirit. The body is your flesh. Your soul is the seat of your emotions. Your body will attempt to take over. It does that all the time. It makes demands on you. It demands that you give in to temptation. It demands that you be with people you shouldn't be with. It demands that you satisfy its cravings for food or sexual stimulation, for narcotics or something that will ease your personal issues. That's what the flesh man does. It's always demanding its way and tries to justify whatever it is it's doing that it's okay because of your condition. On the other hand, your soul is about others. You get your emotional stimulation from interaction with other people. For instance, this person, this person bugs you, and you get emotionally stimulated over that. Or that person angers you, and you get emotionally all twisted about that. Or that person makes you feel a sense of joy or happiness. And your soul feeds off of the emotional stimulation that comes from others. Your body feeds off of what you want. Your spirit, the third part of you, 
feeds off of the Holy Spirit. And here's the key. The one that is the strongest, body, soul, or spirit, is the one you feed. So if you feed your body, your body will rule over your spirit and say, I don't care what your emotions think. I don't care what your spirit says. If what you feed on is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, you don't subdue your body, and you don't bring it under subjection, guess what's going to rule your life? I don't feel like going to church today. I'm not going to go get my emotions into a place where they rule my life, and so I'm not even going to entangle myself. with. I don't care what anybody says. My body will control my soul and my spirit. That's what happens when you feed the body, and the flesh rules. King flesh sits on the throne and makes every kind of demand, and you disconnect from people. You get broken relationships. You're doing things that are creating havoc with your spiritual life. Some have allowed their emotions to rule. And that's the one they're feeding. Not so much the body, but their soul, their emotional life. And because of that, they get depressed. They get angry. They're becoming negative. Their emotional soul has grown fat and lazy. And they say, I'm depressed. So my body be depressed. Spirit be depressed. Because I'm depressed. I'm angry, so that affects your body, which affects your spirit and your tense and you're all worked up, or you can fast and pray. 21 days to start the year. The amazing truth about fasting and prayer, it affects two out of the three, the majority. Because when you fast and pray, fasting connects your spirit man directly to the Lord. It connects your body, or rather disconnects your body, from the dominance that it has. Because you're unplugging, and you're changed your diet So all of a sudden, the demands it once had, no longer does it have. And it's become discipline. So it disconnects your body from dominance. Your soul, your emotions, are affected to a degree now, and they come into conformity with the Holy Spirit working in your spirit man. Then like David, three or four days into a Daniel fast, you begin to worship upwards. Let all all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. All of a sudden, your entire being goes heavenward. If you want to give him your body, your soul, and your spirit, in 2015, thank him in advance for victory in 2015 and say to the Lord, I'm going on some form of a fast first of the year so that I can align my entire being with you and your will. Amen? You determine what your fast is going to be. You determine it. And don't go along seeing how you feel because this is how you're going to feel one day into it. Your body's going to say, I don't want to do this. (laughs) I don't want to eat that. I want to eat that. Your body will say to you, this is stupid. 
And you're going to say to your body, shut up. Emotions, shut up. My spirit is seeking a new connection with the Lord. So plan your fast. So we're engaging a 21-day Daniel fast for the church. Look over the materials this week. Stock up on the right foods this week. And have everything ready and in place. And if you want to drink coffee, unless the Holy Spirit tells you no, drink coffee. There are no fasting police at Calvary Christian Center. For somebody, coffee might be an addictive behavioral pattern for some person. Fasting will help you focus, refocus on the Lord, so you may need to put your coffee aside. See? And instead of focusing on the coffee, you're focused on the Lord. But as the Holy Spirit leads you, because this is not legalism, but make the sacrifice of fasting and praying before the Lord. Juicing, it's a wonderful thing to do, will cleanse and bless your body. One man wanted to know if he could juice a steak. I said, no, no. (laughs) Not on the Daniel fast. You you can't do that. Sorry. Just, you know, we, we have some interesting people here. Fasting will cleanse your life, your body, and spirit. You know, start your day off with some orange juice in the morning or some tea or coffee, something warm to sip. Start yourself off with something that you know is good for you health-wise, for your body. And say, well, Pastor, I, I wouldn't do that. You know, well, that may not be something you do, but it might be something I'm going to do. And I don't really care what you think about it. I'm not fasting unto you. I'm fasting before the Lord. I'm posturing my heart for his best in 2015. So to be clean and to fulfill his dream in 2015. That night for a snack, maybe you can drink a blend of V8 juices. Gives you a great boost in the evening. Then above all, stick with the Daniel fast. Stick with it for 21 days. Show the Holy Spirit you're determined. Use the ASK principle. Ask, and it shall be given you. Ask, seek, and you will find. Knock, and okay, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. And remember this. God is not into anything that would damage your health. Okay? That doesn't please the Lord. So use balance. If you're super thin, watch yourself. I haven't seen too many of those, but use wisdom, okay? <laughs> Most of you will be just fine. Tell your neighbor you'll, just, you'll be just fine. Say, God will bless you in this new year. Amen. Just an aside, if you're working the kind of a job where you burn a lot of calories, and it's very tough, difficult physical work, then you might want to load up on the side of a lot more fruit during a Daniel fast, where you can build up some carbohydrates and, and, and get some energy that you need because you're burning so many calories. And then for some people who don't particularly feel led to go on a Daniel fast, but they want to fast, Maybe you could do what's called the Yom Kippur fast. That's an interesting fast. 
It's setting aside yourself completely for the Lord for one day, 24 hours. And uh, it's an alternative for some people, a Yom Kippur fast. And during that fast, from sundown to sundown, when the sun goes down on this 24-hour period you choose, from that point on you eat nothing. And by the way, it doesn't mean you stuff before the sun goes down. Okay. Because some people, some cultures treat fasting like a bachelor party. Like before they get married, they go off and do something stupid before the wedding. No, it's not, not what you do here. So don't gorge on crispy creams this week. Wean yourself off of that stuff the week before the fast begins, right? It will be easier to fast when you've already begun to pare it down. But the, the Yom Kippur fast is interesting. Uh, you fast when the sun sets. This is only for 24 hours, and you eat nothing the whole next day. When the sun sets again, then you resume eating. Okay. It's a full fast for 24 hours. Again, that's not what I'm calling the church to. I'm calling the church to a 21-day Daniel fast because more people can participate in it. But for some, a Yom Kippur fast is an alternative to the Daniel fast. It may feel so inclined that I want, I want to go 24 hours with nothing to get my heart where I need to be before the Lord. And that's something between you and the Holy Spirit to work out. And you may want to do that once, twice, or three or more times even over a 21-day period, period. But again, that's not what I'm calling the whole church to. Feel free. The Holy Spirit leads you to do that. But 21 days is what I'm asking everyone to do. 21-day Daniel fast. And nothing impresses, listen, God more than your hunger and desire to reach to him. So let me close with three quick, quick points. The thens of Isaiah 58. That's the fasting chapter in God's word. And God in that chapter says to his people, when you fast, it's all about rearranging your life, the way you relate to others, your thoughts, your body in submission. A God-chosen fast rearranges your whole life. And God says, when you fast like like this, three thens kick in. Three promises become yours. And watch these. <clears throat> Isaiah 58, 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily when you fast. Then this is the answer. Say healing. For your marriage, for your body, for your finances, for your relationships. When you fast, you can expect this then to happen. Then your healing will spring forth speedily. In, in verse number 8 again, then your righteousness shall go before you. That means you'll be in right standing, right relationship with the Lord, reconnected, right positioning for the purposes that God has for your life. You'll be in alignment for your assignment. Fasting will shield you from becoming out of sync with God's plans and purposes for your life. Otherwise, your thinking gets quickly contaminated by the culture we live in. And then verse 9, Isaiah 58, Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. When you fast, 
then you shall call. That's another one of those thens. It's the third then in that chapter. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. When's that going to happen? When you fast. That's what that chapter is about. When you fast, then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. So God said through fasting, healing will come. Righteousness will come back to your life. And I will answer you when you call on me. Anybody get excited about that? Amen. Amen. So everybody, stand with me for a moment. Are you ready for an amazing year? Are you ready for your dreams to be fulfilled in 2015? Lift your voice for a moment and anticipate what God has for us next year.